AmericanaHighways.org is a website that stays on the road collecting Americana stories. From recent show reviews of Charlie Daniels Band, Ramlin' Jack Elliott, Allison Moore, and Tyler Childers, to interviews of Keb Moe, Americana Highways is on the forefront of the Americana scene. They have album reviews, playlists, such as the Back Roads playlist, which is my favorite, on Spotify, curated by your favorite podcast host and songwriter, Will Payne Harrison, as well as essays and road journals by musicians. AmericanaHighways.org. Bookmark their page today and go follow my playlist on Spotify. Americana Highways Back Road Playlist is currently featured on my Spotify artist page. Follow the playlist and visit AmericanaHighways.org. Welcome to the first episode of Americana Station podcast for 2020, um, and I have no better person to introduce you for the new year than Veronica Stanton. We will get to her in a moment, but let's talk about what's been going on. Um, as stated in the intro, I have a new playlist through AmericanaHighways.org. Um, if you just go search it on Spotify, it is Americana Highways Back Road Playlist by Will Payne Harrison. Uh, make sure you click follow because every month I will be updating it with brand new, brand spanking new artists uh, who are friends, who people are a fan of, anyone dropping new stuff. It's going to be uh, big name people, um, people that are uh, on their way up. So you definitely want to follow that and uh, hear all the new stuff that's coming out. Um, we're currently at, I think, 50 followers. Uh, it'd be awesome to get to 100. So uh, tell your friends to follow it as well, and let's all go listen and uh, get the get the streams up. Because as you know, I think it takes 5,000 streams to equal one CD on Spotify, which is pitiful. So go stream the playlist 5,000 times. All right, I'm done with that right now. Um, Veronica Stanton is uh, an amazing songwriter. She moved from Jenkintown. Pennsylvania about uh, three years ago and uh, to be a songwriter and uh, we've been friends almost uh, well almost three years I guess two years and have collaborated together we're doing our first tour this spring and summer um, she has an EP out currently called 827 miles and we're going to talk all about that um, yeah so this is this is great podcast because um we're actually working together all spring and summer. We're doing some uh, Louisiana dates. We've got a few Kentucky dates on the books right now in Indiana. Um, we got uh, Pennsylvania. We're going to be in Philly and uh, some other stuff, uh, Virginia and such, coming through. Uh, so busy schedule this spring with Veronica Stanton and Will Payne Harrison. It's going to be a fun time. Um, what else is going on? Um, still haven't gotten my Facebook page back, so... Um, if you go on Americana Station on Facebook, I do not have control on updating that. Um, so, uh, yeah. Also, if you feel like re-liking my new Will Payne Harrison page on Facebook, uh, I, I'm not sure if you listen to previous podcast episodes, but I got hacked and uh, subsequently deleted on Facebook all of my artist pages, including this podcast page. Um, you can follow us on uh, let's see, Podbean, 
I'm on Podbean now. You can follow us on uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher and also now Spotify. We are streaming on Spotify, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So make sure you go follow on your favorite streaming platform. Um, rate and review us because that helps a ton, a ton, a ton. Uh, give us that five-star rating and, and tell the world why this podcast uh, means so much to you. That helps us out a lot. Um and helps us also with uh, building more sponsors and uh, getting word out there. So I appreciate everything you do. And uh, we're going to talk to Veronica Stan. All right, it is New Year's Eve, and I'm here with uh, one of my favorite people and an amazingly talented singer-songwriter, Veronica Stanton, from uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Jenkintown. Jenkintown. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I know it's 827 miles from here, <laughs> but... Um, so, Veronica, uh, you released an EP this year. Yep. What was the name of it? 827 Miles. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, you, and then it was five songs, right? Yes, five songs on yeah. the EP. Yep. And uh, since you've released it, you have been um, on the bluegrass situation for Wildflowers, your new uh, video. Yes. Which is available online. You can also go to bluegrasssituation.com and see the premiere of it. Um, what else has been going on? You've been, I, I know too much about you because you're <laughs> a good friend. You've been, uh, you went to Pennsylvania and you played at uh, World Cafe Live. Yeah, that was definitely a big highlight of the year after releasing the EP. Um, it was really fun to do a hometown show. And I actually got to have my brother and cousin and sister were all in the band with me, which was very fun. I grew up playing music with all of them. so And we had a pretty full house in that night. It was just an awesome highlight from this year. So most, most of your family was the band. There's like yes. nine of you, right? Yeah, we <laughs> There's just, nine of us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was my brother Connor on bass, my cousin Mike on guitar, and my sister doing um, harmonies. And she and I kind of have sung together for a long time, so that was really fun. Having her, you know, on my songs and up there with me was really special. So, um, is your family a musical family? Did it start with your parents? or? Yeah, definitely. Um, my dad... Well, my dad used to play, oh, he still does play, but he grew up um, playing music and he was in a band and stuff before he got married. Um, but then my parents really raised us in a house with a lot of music all the time. Um, we all got to pick an instrument and take lessons, but we also all played a lot of Irish music together, like my siblings, cousins, aunts and uncles, we all played, we were in a... I was not going to say this, but we were in a family band, the Stanton Family <laughs> Singers. <laughs> I played uh, fiddle, 
and yeah so we we definitely all grew up playing music together and that was something my parents found very important to like instill in us just a love of music and it's something that we still all love doing just for fun when we're all together so so everyone in your family plays at least one instrument yeah um some of my siblings don't play as much anymore but most of us still play and when we're all together we all are everyone's definitely singing and then about half of us are playing something so and your dad was the front man of like a blues rock band is that right yeah he it was a funk band in the uh, (laughs) in like the 70s in philly um called blackstone so he used to do that and he plays piano and harmonica so and he's got a great voice so he a lot of nights growing up he'd just be at the piano and we'd be standing around him singing and that's was my like introduction to music really just at my in my home so you moved to nashville two years ago uh, or is it, th- it was three, three years. years yeah, this past October, three years. And when you moved here, you hadn't previously really performed solo. Or no, I hadn't. Um, I mean, in college, I'd done a few things with my sister. We would like play some cover songs, um, but I had never played my music out before. I just really yeah. played around the campfire with my family and stuff. So I had never, yeah, played solo or perform my music out in the world that blew my mind when you said that like you hadn't even really performed um out before and uh before you moved to Nashville and uh you're just I mean everyone you know you'll hear the song at the end of the uh podcast and you can go check out her music uh on is it uh, veronicastanton.com yes and uh and hear it but it's it's incredible that you've only been uh at it for three years oh well thanks I mean I definitely I did have experience you know, in the performing world, kind of, you know, I did musical theater in high school. So, and like I said, the family Irish band grew up um, being put on the stage uh, (laughs) for many years. So I was, you know, had some experience doing that, but it was, it definitely is a whole different ball game, like getting up there and playing uh, your own stuff. That was a challenge, but really fun. And I'm glad I'm doing it. Yeah. When I was uh, 17, we were in a pop punk band and nobody wanted to sing. So I took over singing and I did that for a couple of years. And that was like my only prior experience to in singing before I, I started uh, the duo with um, Fawn Larson back in Lafayette in 2008 oh, cool. or 9. I did not know that. Yeah. So like I, I didn't need really to hear have some a lot. of this. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you don't. I, can, <laughs> I will find it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff out there if you look hard enough. But there's many bands with the same name, so it's a little hard to find us. I'll find it. Yeah. I'm um, determined. But yeah, it's so I I was really terrible um for the first four or five years that I was doing it. So that I think that's why it blows me away that you've uh gone come so far in such a short period of time, but it just it just shows you like you're worth work ethic and how hard you've been working towards it and um you have some more stuff coming up in 2020 right are you doing another album uh do you have uh i know you're writing i'm yeah right now i'm just writing for a future album i don't have any real plans set in stone yeah but i'm thinking um, it's kind of it's in the back of my head and i'm definitely writing a lot for it yeah um and kind of just just focusing on getting better and writing better songs and playing better and singing better and (laughs) just see where that takes me. 
Um, but also, yeah, trying to think of what I would like to do with the next record and how I can make it better <laughs> and a little different. When you when you're writing, do you typically come up with the lyrics first? This is kind of a common theme on the podcast, but do you come up with the lyrics first and then put chords to it? Do you find the melody and the chords together and then lyrics or mixture of both? Yeah, it's definitely a mixture of both. I don't think it kind of just depends on each time I write a song. A lot of times I think I used to write more like I would write the lyrics first and then put um, music to it because I I was writing before I played guitar too. So I would make up songs without being able to company myself on anything right um but even then I a lot of times would write the lyrics and kind of like be coming up with a tune as I went yeah so typically they kind of happen at the same time um I don't yeah I, I if anything the lyrics will come first and then I'll put a tune to it but I think most of the time it's both at the same time so you started on violin was that your first instrument yeah it was um do you find that like you write melodically similar to how you perform on violin or I don't think so I never thought about that um I mean I started by playing like classical violin and then basically didn't have a teacher so played fiddle for a long time so I think maybe the stuff I listen to I listen to a lot of folk and a lot of country and Irish music I think melodically I probably that was I'm sure affected yeah my writing but um but yeah I I loved just coming up with songs and then realizing like, oh, you know, <laughs> if you get a guitar with this, it would sound like a song on, you know, that yeah. people, I don't know. It went from like me just like making up things in my head to like, oh, this is a song. This is called songwriting. I didn't really think about it like that when I started writing. I would just be writing, you know. Did you come here intentionally to be a songwriter or did you just get here and then become a songwriter? Well, no, I was I was writing before. Um, okay. Been writing for a while, but I didn't really know what extent I wanted to do music when yeah. I moved here. I was, I mean, I always wanted to like sing and play my songs out, but I was also like had a lot of fear about doing that. And so when I was trying to figure out what to do, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go get outside my comfort zone be in a city where there's a lot of music and a lot of inspiration and yeah, like a lot of people doing the same thing and figure it out as I go. So I didn't really come here like I'm going to be a songwriter and try to, you know, get cuts or anything like that or like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. And it wasn't till I moved here that I even realized people were like, oh, are you doing the artist thing or the songwriter thing? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. I, I write my music and I sing it and I like doing that. <laughs> so um, it took a little bit of time to kind of realize what I wanted to do with it, but, you know, performing, like, being out there and playing my songs to people it made me realize, I, I was like, I love doing this, and yeah. I love connecting with people um, through my music, and so it kind of made it obvious to me that I wanted to be an artist. Um, yeah, but, your yeah. songs are so personal, too, that it's it's almost like, I feel like a lot of times when people are writing for other people, they want to be more broad, but yours are so, you know, like the 827 miles. It's uh, a little specific. It's a little specific <laughs> to uh, Veronica Stanton, which I love, and I think that that's what's great about this songwriting community, that there's, well, there's multiple different pockets of it, but that, like, what you're doing is so, um, like, I love songs where someone else can't really sing it because it only mm-hmm. means something if you are Veronica you know those are great songs to me and uh I think that 
the EP has several songs like that on it for sure. Yeah, they're definitely all, I mean, I wrote all of them and I wrote them all by myself. So they're very (laughs) personal. Um, But it is, that's true. I love that in other people's music. Like I love hearing something and being like, that's that emotion I've experienced or that, you know, feeling or type of experience. But like, oh, not in that particular way that they have clearly gone through it. And so um, I do love that in other songs. So I guess wasn't really in. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily intentional, but, you know, when you write, you, uh, well, when I write, I definitely, it stays pretty close to the truth, if not way too true about what's going on in my life or what I've been through. And Right. Yeah. I am looking up how far. <laughs> oh my gosh. My Are you fact checking me? No. Oh. oh. Uh, you know, 827 miles, 558 miles. To uh, to my parents' house. Yeah, so cool. there you go. <laughs> Some people so have fat. They're like, um, I looked up. It know, was 832. <laughs> they'll say that. I'm like, well, when I wrote it that night, I was sitting in the living room and I looked yeah. up the address and that's exactly how much it was. So yeah. from wherever I was sitting in my home to mom and dad's <laughs> house, that's how far it was. So I'm going to write a song called 558 Miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, but... um. Yeah, like I said, I like that. Uh, what um, are who are some of your influences, or what has influenced you in songwriting um, in the last few years that have kind of like shaped maybe the way you think about um, structuring a song? Maybe you know, because like a lot of people will write that three thirty, you know, mm-hmm. pop single with it's got to have the bridge here, it's got to come to the course within the first thirty seconds, like. But that's not typically how you write your songs, and I'm wondering like where you get your inspiration from. Not necessarily like a artist, but yeah. just in general. Um, I mean the the songwriters that I love and that I've listened to a lot um, are like Brandy Carlisle and um, Dawes, like Taylor Goldsmith, uh, and I've always loved Ingrid Michaelson. She's always been like yeah. when I started writing a lot, I was listening to pretty much just Ingrid Michaelson and Brandy Carlisle. It was like, I was only listening to them, but I mean, I, I keep like a pretty typical structure in the songs. That's pretty much like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. But yeah, I don't, I don't, when I'm writing the lyrics, a lot of times I'm just, I just start the song and it just, I, I kind of just let it go where it's going to go. And then I guess naturally it ends up like that. Um, Do you have a typical, like, cause for me, <laughs> I think it's because I'm lazy. Mine's usually verse, chorus, verse, chorus, double chorus, like another yeah. chorus. Because I'm just, I'm like, I don't want to write a, a bridge or a third verse. So yeah. It's usually just, if you look traditionally at what I write, it's always two choruses and one, I mean, one chorus and two verses. Yeah. I think, um, I, I don't know. I've always loved bridges and songs. So I'm like, I guess I, I do always like make it happen or yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. I usually feel the need to put it in there because I want to have like I take it as, you know, just that almost afterthought I want to say or like a something that, you know, I don't know, you know, what, whatever is typically in a bridge. Yeah. It's usually something that, you know, it takes not, you to a different part. Yeah. Of the thought process. before yeah. bringing it back around. Yeah. And honestly, most of the times when I'm writing, I I like come to a lot of like realizations while I'm writing a song. A lot yeah. of times it'll start like, oh, I'm so mad at this person because, you know they did x y and z wrong and then i'm writing the song and it's kind of like oh wait a minute <laughs> you know i did this and i did you know so yeah. things like that happen a lot of times when i'm writing 
Um, Hold on. <laughs> of course, Stephen from per- Picking and Percolating coming and interrupting my podcast. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna say. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> Especially since you didn't respond. <laughs> He's just making He's it up. Interrupting my podcast. Uh, I forget where were we Um, I don't remember uh, We were talking about Bridges Bridges. We were talking about bridges So I'm going to take a bridge to the next (laughs) section No um, The bridge Yeah I, I was saying that a lot of times My mindset Will change while I'm writing a song You know, I'll realize something new. So a lot of times a bridge is kind of like a place where I will write whatever it is that has kind of changed while I'm writing it, honestly. Do you sit with the song for a long period of time or do you typically finish it in one sitting? It depends. I think um, my better songs are like the one sitting songs Um, that's. That ha- I don't know. Sometimes I sit down and I can just, just kind of pours out. And other times it will take, I will like forget about a song. And then six months later or like a year later, sometimes it'll take that long to get back to it and really um, finish it. But it, it most of my songs are like either one sitting or two or three Yeah. for the most part. But I do have those songs where I'm like, I just... <laughs> It's really hard for and me you're to You're wrestling pick. with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I finished the first half. What? Like, that? there's so much I could do with the second half. What am I going to do? Um, but I think probably my better songs are the ones that I write in just a few, where I'm not totally overthinking everything. Uh, but Yeah, I, um, I think that for me, it's almost like running. Um, where you hit that first mile and that's when your mind is like, okay, we're done here. And, Mm -hmm. but your body can go further. You're just like, you tell yourself that you, you need to stop. And, um, I think that with songwriting, my mind is the same way where it's like, okay, I got the verse and the chorus. I can stop. I'll come back to it. Yeah. But if you just sit there for like a little bit longer, then you'll get that endurance and, and make it through. And that's, that's kind of been my breakthrough this year. I, I honestly usually, probably get stuck on just the the verse chorus and then maybe another like a second verse that's not quite as good as the first because I stop midway and I've been trying to train myself to complete the song and then uh come back and edit later yeah for sure it can definitely be like a mental battle of (laughs) right (laughs) yeah or Um, or you think you don't have the time to finish it or whatever yeah yeah for sure so you've been writing um so you've been writing lately but not necessarily for uh, an album or an EP just you've just been kind of yeah I, I always try to keep writing even when I mean sometimes it's harder than others but um, I, I try to keep it consistent in my like routine of like okay this week look at when I have like chunks of time like I'm going to sit down and write at that time a lot of times when I get an idea it's not when I can sit down and write so yeah that's kind of like think most maybe not most people but that's pretty typical you know like you get an inspiration or an idea I'm usually driving (laughs) or yeah you're driving but um but yeah no well one time I (laughs) I did like wake up in the middle of the night and I had this great idea so I went I like voice memoed it 
yeah. even wrote down a little note. And in the morning, I remember being like, oh, I, I wrote something last night. And so I wake up and I'm all excited. <laughs> and it was awful. It. it wasn't even like it was gibberish. Like I couldn't understand anything I was saying. It, it was none of it was in English. Like and the note was just like gibberish of like a bunch of letters put together. So I <laughs> thought I was having this like great artist moment that you hear about of people like, yes. I just woke up in the middle of the night and this idea yes. came to me. And that is what I thought happened. And it was just, it was a, it was really funny. It's a, I think I actually have the video on my Instagram. If you look back far enough, I posted like the clip because it was. Which it is was just at Veronica Stanton. Veronica Stanton music. Yeah. Oh, at Veronica Stanton music. But, yeah, um, you, you can find my wonderful <laughs> genius. Uh, uh, I had that same thing happen about two or three years ago where I, in this, in the dream, I was writing a song mm -hmm. and then I woke up from the dream and I remembered a line from the, <laughs> I, I, I remembered a line from the song and I was like, oh, this is my moment. Uh -huh. This is my dream song. And I wrote it down and then went back to sleep and I woke up the next morning and it said, Beating hearts don't stop. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was my like amazing oh my gosh. line. You, sh you need to listen to mine. It's way worse than that. It's seriously <laughs> like the, the tune. It sounds like someone's like, it's just, it's like, uh, it's, it's something close to that. That was a wonderful <laughs> voice memo that I have saved. Um, so I was, it was definitely a letdown in the morning, but also just a, kind of a like something funny to laugh oh, at. oh totally i like, was like yeah. this is great this is what happens when you think a little bit too highly of yourself in your right. in your half asleep mind but someone was talking about that the other day um how some artists they have those weird songs because they um what is it called when you're asleep and you know that you're asleep so you can control the dreams? Oh, lucid dreams? Yeah, they have lucid dreams. And mm -hmm. so they remember their lucid dreams and they can like write them down. Wow. Um, and I'm like jealous. I want yeah. I want to be able to do that. I might get scared if that happens to me. I don't know. I'm a bit yeah. of a baby. But <laughs> probably freak me out. Um, but that is cool. <laughs> so moving forward next year, you're you're doing some uh, touring? Huh? Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, looking like I'm going to do spring tour with a very good friend of mine. <laughs> best songwriter you know. The best songwriter I know, Will Payne Harrison. <laughs> um, and I'm excited because I've never toured. I mean, I, I did my release show here in Nashville and I've played a bunch at Nashville. Yeah. Um, but last year was actually, you know, after I released the EP, it was the first time I did any full band shows. Um, and so... I did the one here and then I only did the one back at World Cafe Live in Philly and I kind of had intended to do more and it just didn't happen and You're just you know what it's you, yeah. it's December 31st and I am focusing on what I can do better this year instead of I kind of was a little bit like oh I could have done all this I could have done yeah. that but you know focusing on okay well I got a bunch of stuff done that I was hoping to, and now I know what I can do better next year. Right. So this year, I want to definitely do more touring, and you know we're planning a tour now for the spring, which I'm excited about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my goal moving forward is just more touring. And Are you going to do some more videos? We'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything lined up right now, but... Um, yeah, the Wildflower music video was a lot of fun. I got to do that with two good friends and awesome uh, videographers, Matt Boylson and Nathan Powell. 
Um, and that was a lot of fun. I loved doing it and, uh, it was a very, you know, fun collaborative yeah. effort. Um, but I don't have anything planned yet for that on that front. Have you, have you thought about like the whole single route? Like this, it's weird because I, I talked a little bit on the last episode with Annalie about this because the whole, like everything has kind of come to the single, the single, the single, um, and in Americana music, it's kind of the the album, mm-hmm. and um, it's, so it's like this weird thing where like the whole singer songwriter community is releasing single after single on Spotify, and that's where they're seeing like the most like growth. Um, but as like an Americana folk type artist, typically the people that, who consume that music they want to consume an entire album. Are you looking at releasing any like singles in the future, or are you going to continue to do the I'm, hey, I got the deep question. She just gave me a weird look. <laughs> like, um, you, how dare you ask me? How that? dare you ask me? I have no plans. <laughs> I am unprepared. Um, no, I mean, right now, I've thought about, you know, what is next as far as releasing music, like how yeah. I would do it. Um, because, you know, I mean, ideally, it'd be great to do a full length yeah. record soon, but practically, don't know if that's going to. So expensive. It's yeah, it's just a lot. So, um, but I would I'll I would probably do a single or two before I would release another project. Um but yeah, like I said, right now I'm kinda like, well, I don't even have I mean, I have a bunch of songs written. Yeah. But and I'm still writing, but I I'm not like, oh yeah, there's a group of songs that feel like they'd be what I want to put out next and I don't want to release things just to release it you know I don't want to just be like oh the time is right so I'm going to release a EP or I'll release a record I mean you know full length whatever um I do want to wait until I work on making it more like really what I want it to be you know not just because oh it's been it's been a while I need to put something else out you know but maybe you know I would do it a single that I'm like feel really good about or if I would know, okay, this song is definitely going to be on the next yeah. record. So I'll put this out. Maybe something like that. But Yeah, it's hard to, to know what to do next. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm still learning on that whole front. You know, I did the EP of covers. Um, and then I did three singles on this one. But I think I put them too close together. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll start... I've started kind of paying closer attention now. I, you know, Spotify is great and all, but I, honestly, when I consume on Spotify, it's usually an album and it's liter- literally just to listen to it to see if I want to buy it on vinyl, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, so I don't think I consume the same way that most of the world consumes uh, music on Spotify. And um, I've been noticing patterns of a lot of um, our, like, you know, <clears throat> contemporary songwriters who are releasing like a single every three to six months Mm -hmm. and that's just um because i don't go to their page and listen to just their one song right i'm just being honest i don't but as soon as their album comes out i'm gonna listen to the whole thing yeah i'm the same way i I mean unless it's if it's an artist that i'm like a huge fan of i the second their new song comes out i'm listening to it right but um for the most part i definitely i prefer to listen to an album you know start to finish um but yeah it is a the whole Spotify, different ways of listening to music is interesting. Um, ooh. Is that guns or? I it's think New that Year's was. Eve. It's New Year's Eve. 
We are in East Nashville. <laughs> so that that's let's, the game you have to play in East Nashville. <laughs> Guns or fire fireworks? Hopefully it is. I think it's fireworks. I think, yeah, let's go with fireworks. That was pretty rapid fire, though. That was... Um, so yeah, welcome. It's New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) We're ringing in the new year before we, uh, go hang out at the American Legion and, um, get Mexican food and, and dance the night away. So, uh, yeah, let's hope that that was uh, fireworks and uh, (laughs) not uh, a gun. Anyways, um, I was going somewhere. Oh yeah. So the single and then the album, um, Yeah, so John Moreland, for instance, has released two singles, but I, I love what he does, so I'll mm-hmm. listen to that. And uh, kind of a plug, what's gotten me listening to singles more, honestly, is the fact that uh, the AmericanaHighways.org playlist that I'm doing, the Backroads playlist, um, which you heard about at the beginning of this episode, um, I have been listening to singles because... Um, we're trying to promote albums, EPs, and um, new singles and such. So I, I go through a lot of the new Americana music as it releases, and a lot of times it releases as singles, which is why I'm becoming more familiar, I guess, with singles. And um, so I have been listening to a lot more singles lately, but mostly to curate this playlist, not right. necessarily for my own personal. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, um, I feel like people that I talk to that listen, like that stream music more, they do do a lot of like they listen to playlists yeah. or they'll list or they'll make playlists. Um, it's not really. Uh, oh, I'm going to go listen to this artist and listen to this album. I mean, that like last night I was um, cleaning my room and I had on Brandy Carlisle and I started with, you know, uh, her first album. Listen to the yeah. like that. That is just how if I'm listening to it on my computer, that's how I'll listen. But, you know, everyone's different. So, well, I think that like, you know, when you're listening to a pop song there isn't a whole story throughout the album. And so you're not, you can listen to a single and there's no connection to the next song because it could be a completely different topic or style or whatever. <clears throat> um, but with a lot of times with Americana folk, uh, bluegrass country, the, those sort of genres, there's a story or a theme throughout the record because these people are storytellers. And so like, I want to hear their story, you know? And mm-hmm. so, I typically consume as a whole. I don't necessarily like do that with like best of, you know, like yeah, I might listen yeah. to a song or two off of a best of, but like if it's a, a an album, then I'm probably going to try to listen to the entire thing because the person, play, it's kind of like reading a novel. You're not going to just read chapter four and then go to right. another book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, that's typically, I mean, like when I did my album, I tried to put a beat and a rhythm and a, and a, a common thread throughout the album to where like there's a flow to the record that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that a lot of people that uh, are putting out records in these similar genres are doing the same thing. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, songs sometimes make more sense when they're paired with other songs too. Yeah, you know, for on sure. The record. Um, it's funny cause I tried doing that, you know, with my EP and yeah, uh, the first song is 827 Miles, which is all about being homesick and being, yeah. you know, far away and wanting to be far away, but also being sad that you're far away. And then the last song is I Won't Be Back Soon. And to me, it was like a very natural, like two natural bookends, you know. Yeah. Like ending with like, yeah, this is hard sometimes or, um, you know, 
I know you guys miss me and I miss you, but like I'm staying where I'm at and I'm going to be here for a little while. And it's funny because to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. And some people are like, I just can't figure it out. Like, do you want to be in Nashville or do you want to be with your family? Because it kind of sounds like you're confused. And I'm like, oh, really? I I mean, yeah, it's (laughs) definitely a mixed, um, yeah, mixed feelings on that. But uh, but. I I do want to talk about that because um, uh, my album has the same concept. And I mean, living with ghosts is about the last song on the record, which is about um, not being like you have the memory of something, but you're not present with it, you know, mm-hmm. anymore. And so like not being able, like you have that longing for something that you can't have anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's what that song is about. And that's what the whole record is about. You know, like the first track Jacqueline is about going back to Lafayette and, um, and um, uh, it was at an actual trip when I was on a tour with my friends Adrian and Meredith and, and it's just about like, you know, coming home and like the beautiful women there and like those things that I miss, that's kind of the start of it. And the end of it is the same thing. It's like, I wish I was back in new Orleans. I wish I was back in Lafayette, seeing my friends, drinking coffee with them and making stupid jokes. And the, the whole thing throughout is like kind of, uh, bookended in the same way of like, I miss home. And then here's the, shit I've gone through <laughs> yeah you know and and there's that common theme and I was I don't know if you've been listening to Dolly Parton's America which is another podcast um I haven't no it's it's amazing I've heard I've heard a lot about it I need to get on it yeah and he has an episode where he talks about like that's kind of Dolly Parton's brand too of like mm. she misses her uh, old Tennessee mountain home and you know yeah. like that longing for something that no longer exists yeah that I think kind of permeates throughout permeates throughout um just songwriting you know that longing of something that no longer exists um totally it's hard Yeah, so I, I don't think it's just you. I think it's, uh, you know, um, something that is common to country music. I don't even know because there's, there's tons of people that are, uh, you know, miss home and miss the way that things were. But that's a tangent I just got off on. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, that is what takes up a lot of my headspace. So you're good. Um, yeah, you have that new song um, that hasn't been released about your friend. Oh yeah, I was like, which song? Climbing trees. The climbing trees. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's what's the name of it? Evergreen. Yeah. Because um, she moved to Evergreen, Colorado, when I was it was actually like when I wasn't even living at home. I was in college, but it just got me. She lived across the street growing up, and we were both homeschooled and played outside all the time, and we're total weirdos, and I mean, still are. Um, but I wrote it just reminiscing on our childhood, and yeah, I spent a lot of time in the nostalgia mode. I try not to, because I mean, it's it's a it it's a nice. I don't know. It, it can be a little dangerous because you you know I try to be more present because <laughs> I sometimes just spend a lot of time like oh remembering this and that and like thinking back on these memories, which is all nice and good. But yeah, um, but yeah, it it. Sometimes I'm like, I need to just 
also be like, okay, today is December 31st, 2019, yeah. and this is what's going on in my life, you know, and well, not focus on... you have on songs like Wildflower that are, you know, more present about, like, yeah, what totally. you want. It's not like yeah. that's the only thing that you're writing about, but I right. do think that that is something that is common with... I, I don't know if it's Nashville thing or something, because we all leave our homes to come to mm-hmm. this place. There's a lot of people in the same boat, yeah. Where it's really hard. Yeah. And it's like you miss what you had, but you don't want to go back to it. Yeah. That kind of totally. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the last day of uh, 2019. Um, what are you looking forward to in t- 2020 and what has been the most like impactful for you on 2019 hmm well I'll start with 2019 um it was a year where I learned a ton I mean releasing music was you know obviously doing it independently is it's a lot of work but it's also very rewarding when it happens too because I definitely went into it like okay I have no idea what I'm doing but Got to figure it out. And so realizing like, oh, I'm very capable. I can do things. I can figure things out, you know, but also learning to, to ask for help when you need it and not being too like, I need to do this on my own. You know, I, that was something that I've always tried to like do is, you know, work my hardest and do as much as possible without feeling like I need to lean on other people and, you know, just trying to figure things out on my own while also knowing that like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not know what you're doing and reach out to people. And there's been so many people um, along this journey that have been so generous with their time or knowledge and helping me, mm-hmm. you know, with certain things. So that was a really good, I mean, learning experience of just seeing how much I was able to figure out and do, but also how much other people were willing to do to help and to kind of help guide me. Um, and then also made a lot of mistakes <laughs> and did a lot of things not in the best way. And yeah. that I think is with moving forward into 2020, 2020, <laughs> um, that is a lesson that, you know, I'm trying to take with me of, okay, this is what I can do better next go around, or, um, this is what I should keep doing and this is what I need to leave behind. So I guess with music, that would be like, you know, I want to. Like I said, planning a tour now, but I want to tour more and, you know, believe in myself that I can do it more. And sometimes I, I get a little scared to do things. So I like will yeah. put them off for a while and then it just doesn't happen because I just am like, I can't do it. There's I'm not good enough to do that or like I'm, I can't figure it out. And so and then a friend forces your hand and then a friend like will it's like, Veronica, <laughs> go do it. Um, send that email. Press send. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like. Having. Yeah, having that experience of releasing the music and putting out the video and all that stuff. And then also this year I, um, you know, the the title of the thing, of the thing, of the EP, 827 Miles, you know, we've talked about. It. It's all about yeah. missing home and stuff. And the one, after writing it a few years ago, um, I, I wasn't like going home because I was just like, I would get too, I'd be like, I need to be here working on music and stuff. And so there's definitely a balance that I've kind of tried to yeah. get to where like, okay, yes, I need to work on music and work hard on this, but also like life happens and right. you need to also experience other things. So like trying to keep that balance of working hard at what I'm doing and also leaving time for life and people around me. Cause that's 
at the end of the day, the most important thing, you know, like the people in your life. And yeah, I don't want to lose sight of that. So that's been a good learning lesson, I guess. I think forward. for me, the hardest thing was um, realizing that my hometown, the town that I lived in for 12, 15 years, um, wasn't structured in a way that it could support me to keep going back on a regular basis. Yeah. That was really a really hard lesson for me to learn. And I was losing a ton of money going down there, but the silver lining was when I started like, cause I couldn't afford to bring a band down or anything like that. And, and that's kind of the, the scene is you play in a band down there. You don't, nobody cares about a solo artist. And, um, so I, had to start hiring friends of mine from down there. And the silver lining was that like these friends are the people that are on my record, you know? Right. Um, and I learned that like, instead of necessarily going home to be successful, I can take home with me. And I think yeah. that that's been one of the most beautiful things that I've learned this year. That's awesome. Well, I'm working on convincing my, uh, my brother and cousin and sister to, you know, all just quit their jobs <laughs> and become my band because that was, yeah really fun. like you know when i played with them at world cafe live i was like oh my gosh this is this is it like you know it was just was it the natural like blood harmonies with you and your sister or did you have to work hard because i and, like i have friends that are related that they just like they don't even have to work hard they just they know. i mean we definitely like practiced alicia and i yeah. uh, practiced a lot or she you know would I would send her the songs that weren't on the ep to like listen to and figure out harmonies too but yeah it's just we've grew up singing together and my brother and cousin are both really great musicians and so they were they worked hard at it at learning all the songs and it was it was just fun it just felt like so special I guess to be up there and just feeling so comfortable with them um and also there were you know two other people in the band uh who were just friends of my brother who just felt like family up there like it was it was really special so but yeah I'm working I'm like so guys uh (laughs) do you really (laughs) like your jobs that much I can not really pay you close to what you're making, but it would be I fun. Pay you in love. <laughs> yeah, like I'll love you forever. <laughs> I already do, but yeah. So they'll be back for uh we I just booked a show there in the spring and they'll be my band in the spring, so that'll be fun. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that um so the guys that recorded on my record, um I mean they they are well. One of them's a brother, and they literally the band is the Rayo Brothers, and mm-hmm. um, so there there's already like that chemistry there of like they've been playing together for years, they grew up together, you know, yeah. and then you just kind of slap me on top of it, and I'm not that different from the guy that normally sings in their band. We we think a lot alike in our singing and our structure. We like the same music, and it literally just felt like like I've been in Nashville for almost six years now, and it was the first time that like it felt like it fit like a glove, you know, and that's yeah, such a great that's feeling. Awesome. It, yeah, it is. It's that special thing where you're like, I don't even have to tell you Yeah. to go totally. left or right. You just know to go left or right. Yeah, that is the, so moving forward, 2020, 2020 moving forward. What's, uh, what was the question again? What about moving forward? Well, well what, what, are, what have you learned from the past and what are you looking forward to? Yeah. What am I looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to, um, I feel like I've said this five times, but touring, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really excited, uh, looking forward to that. And just like, mm, I don't know if this, I guess taking more risks, even if they don't 
necessarily look like risks to most people. Yeah. To me, they are hurdles. Um, and yeah, just believing in my music and myself and really pushing it and pushing myself to do things that I'm might be scared of. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to get more music out there to write more and to really start thinking more about, you know, the next record, what I'll be doing. Um, I think that's what I'm. Yeah. I think my philosophy is, um, the, uh, tub thumping philosophy, you know, which is, you know, you get knocked down, but you get up again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, like, uh, uh, I've heard a lot of people lately saying that like, we need to celebrate failure more. And, um, I think that that that's something that I want to be better at in 2020 because I think that we're similar in that way of like sometimes I get fearful of even trying because I'm afraid of failing. Yeah. But one of the great things about failure is you learn from it. Yeah. And I think that there's it's like a two edged sword where you're like, well, I wasted time and resources, but you always learn something. You always learn something and you learn. Don't do that again. Totally. You know, um, this is not the avenue to take, you know, it's, you know, we're on the back roads and we don't have GPS. We're trying to figure it out. Even like what, like I said, with the things I was looking at my um, my like journal today of what I'd written in the beginning of the year is my goals, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, like I met a lot of these goals, and then I saw yeah. the ones I didn't meet and had the temptation to be like really beating myself up about it. And then I'm right. like, no, you know, what I'm learning from that, even though I didn't do those things, is that okay, I'm gonna just push them on to the next year and make them a bigger priority and make sure it happens and now you know yeah now i know what i need to work on more these are the things that i didn't really prioritize so um trying to yeah look at it positively and just see it as an opportunity for growth i um i have tried in old bands twice to go to the west coast and something horrible happened one time a, a van totally like um was the whole engine quit and we couldn't drive it at all. Oh my gosh. And the second time it was something about money. I can't remember what happened, but like we were supposed to make money on some gigs that, and they all fell through. And so we couldn't even, we didn't have enough money to get to the West coast. So I've always had this fear of going to the West coast. Cause it always felt like very like unknown and like yeah. something's going to go Cursed. wrong. <laughs> Cursed. <laughs> and, uh, this past year in, um, I think it was May. Yeah. In May, I did like a two-week tour of the West Coast. Yeah, I remember that. That's and, awesome. Um, it was successful, and it was fine. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is great. This is just like being totally. over here. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But it was such like a, a terrifying thing because I didn't know. Like it just, it was yeah, like Yeah, fear that. the unknown. That's yeah. scary, scary business. Yeah, but then sure. once it happens, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, you know, so. and especially with if you're doing what you love. Like I always have that thought with, um, I mean – when I was in Philly, I was before my show, I was so nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I've never played for this many people before, you know, going on and on. And then, like, the day of, I was like, just try to chill and have fun. And once I was up there, I was like the happiest. Right. I've, I mean, like, I like joke, I'm like, it felt like my wedding day. Like, <laughs> seriously, I was just like so happy because I'm like surrounded by so many people that were just yeah. like to see the support and love was like, but being up there and like just singing my music with a band I was like this is everything I want to do and so it's yeah the like I can get through all the other stuff that's not so fun with the planning and the you know logistics of doing music can be a little stressful but it's always worth it once you're up there doing your thing yeah you forget sometimes and then you have that hour and a half of just like 
this is why I'm doing it. And you're like, oh, this is why I eat beans for three weeks straight. <laughs> yes. and, I, and I, uh, you know, I play all these horrible gigs because of this moment yeah. and, and that feeling and that like, you know, togetherness and, and under like that, you know, you've, you've got that. I don't even know how to explain it. If you're yeah. not a musician, you can't really, I don't know if, I don't know what would be unequivalent with a non-musician, but it's just well, like I there's mean, some doing, sort of, yeah. I would say doing something that you really love and find like a lot of meaning to, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be, I mean, I mean, I think people that are more in the creative fields can relate to it yeah on a more or like similar in in a more similar way but also like anyone doing what you like really love and like to me like the one of the biggest things is just the connection with other human beings yeah um and so there's a lot of people that do you know maybe non-creative things that they still have that and i think that is like at the root of what makes it so special and beautiful yeah yeah i think that's my ted talk Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say with sports is like, you know, when someone gets a home run or a touchdown and the whole stadium is going nuts mm-hmm. for that thing that you did, it's that same feeling of like, yeah, I did it, but we're all excited about the same thing, yeah. thing that just happened. Yeah. You know, like I'm just channeling my body for this thing that we're all connecting to. Yeah. It's not necessarily like the glory of like, oh, I'm veronica stanton and i'm awesome it's the like i said something and you understood it yeah and it was that connection yeah something i love that i heard on this podcast the creative pep talk podcast not to steer in a career no no but uh, i'm i tell everyone about this it's an awesome um podcast but he had on kathy heller and they were talking about glory versus impact yeah and how a lot of times if you're an artist or uh, yeah, he, they were talking about, you know, people in the creative fields and you can do something for glory or for impact. And a lot of times at the end, if you're successful either way, it might look the same. You might have the same amount of fans, but it will be a different result because if you're doing something just for the glory, it's it. You might reach a lot of people, but you don't reach them in the same way as if you're doing it really for impact and connection. Yeah. It's different and it's more lasting, I think, for both pe- for the people listening and for the person you right. know, singing or you know doing stand-up whatever kind of creative yeah. like thing you're doing so I always when I heard that it was a very like ah okay cool I like that you know I've tried to remind myself of that if I'm you know questioning things and why am I doing this and remembering the importance of like okay I'm doing this to have an impact not it's not all about the glory and that always helps personally yeah. <laughs> Um, final question. If there's one thing you want people to remember you and your music by, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> such a hard question. You should have told me this beforehand. <laughs> for me, as a listener and a fan of music, as that's what I am, like, I think, first and foremost. You know, like, I'm a fan of music and grew up just loving it and it yeah. being a huge part of my life, think, like most people. Um, and having the thought when you're listening to a song of, oh my gosh, like this person who doesn't know me at all just wrote this and it sounds like they went through exactly what I'm going through and whether that's like a, oh, so maybe I'm not crazy and maybe I'm not this like, 
you know, this isn't so weird that I'm thinking these things or going through this and being kind of like affirmed or validated in what your emotions are or what, you know, thoughts you're having. That has always been a huge part of music in my life and like has gotten me through so much. And so like the, the thought of like being able to do that for anybody would be like a goal. Um, Anybody that's, you know, there's been some people saying, you know, the people that have said anything positive or more on like a connecting level with my music has, that's always like what I remember more than anything is just like the people that are like, Hey, listen to that song. And Oh my gosh, I'm like away at college or, you know, and that's totally how I feel with it. And I'm like, Whoa, that was like such a weird thing to start experiencing because I was like, I'm always, I'm used to being on the other end and I still am on the other end most of the time, you know, of listening to music and feeling like seen, feeling seen by the artist or the writer. And so I think being able to do that for people is what I would want to do is make, make people feel seen and loved and like understood for who they are. And while also like, like I said, like having just compassion for yourself and for others. That's like what I, what I am trying to work on personally. And so sometimes that comes out in some of my songs. Most like some of the songs aren't released yet, but a lot of the songs I've been writing, I think are a lot more on the, um, on that, in that vein, I guess of like, you know, struggles that we have that we have to work through and figuring out how to do it. Do you have a song you want to sing about it? Oof. I don't know if I'm uh maybe maybe I'll play it. <laughs> if <laughs> How much are you going to pay me? No, uh 1 2 3 go. Seems all I do these days is worry. Spending hours in my On the bad days it gets blurry What's real and what's pretend And I'm no good at leaving things in the past No, I'm no good at seeing when something won't last I hold on so tight to tired of overthinking every little thing I do sometimes I wind up drinking but it never helps the way I want it to and I am no No, I'm no good at seeing what something won't last. I hold on so tight to ever I love until they've had enough. I try to hold on to the moments when I know it's all gonna be all. Right. 
But the time that passes slowest is when you think you're in the middle of an endless night. You start to doubt that there'll be light. I'm no good at leaving things in the past. No, I'm no good at seeing when something won't last. I hold on so tight to ever I love until they've had enough. Until All right, that's it for this episode of Americana Station. Stick around because I've got some really cool people uh, in the mix coming up. We've got Nathan Evans-Fox. I've got Jen Starsnick. Um, She's got a new record coming out that is fantastic. Um, And uh, some other people that I can't say yet because they're not confirmed, but um, I'm really excited about um, being in the pipeline. Um, Make sure you go to veronicastanton.com and... uh, buy some uh, merch and uh, her EP 827 Miles um, if you're real poor then go listen to it on Spotify um, make sure you rate and review us on your favorite streaming platform we really appreciate the support and uh, until next time we'll see ya.